Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. It's official now. Happy New Year. 2022 upon us. We closed out the last one. We got the new one going. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today, the first episode of the brand new year. I am your host, Dan Bespris. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Thank you for spending time with us, whatever it might be, whether this is your first show or a show, honest to goodness, I have no, many, no idea how many we've done. It's probably, I don't know, we've pretty much done every single weekday for like four and a half years. So what does that, what does that come out to? I don't even know anymore. doesn't matter. I love you guys. You're the best. Let's start off the new year with a reverse chronological lightning round Monday. Suppose I should mention very quickly before we begin, you can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris. This is a sports ethos presentation. Sportsethos.com at ethosfantasybk. You guys know the drill at this point. Follow that. Follow me. Ethos Fantasy BK is the single greatest fantasy news feed on planet Earth. Go follow them. Sign up for Twitter if you haven't already, and then do it that way. Twitter's all about how you use it, you know? We've talked about this before. It can be a weird rabbit hole, but if you use it the right way, you're in good shape. For those that are uninitiated, maybe you join us here for the first show of 2022, and you're like, oh, this is interesting. Let me try this out. Uh, Hi. First of all, you got to do every show like one new person is listening. I have no idea if that's actually going to be the case. But what we do on Mondays and have been for uh, a few seasons now is recap the whole weekend. Starting on Sunday, we just go backwards. So we're covering every single team's most recent basketball game. What the hell is going on with the team? And I know everything changes so damn fast right now. Uh, We've talked quite a bit last week about some key players. We did that on Friday's show uh, we got into strategy a little bit as protocol stuff. I know, I know. It seems like everybody's still out, but you're just gonna you're gonna notice it, and you're gonna almost kind of not notice it at the same time. That things are gonna start to be better. And last week we talked about strategy as that begins to happen. So today let's kind of go back to the usual stuff. We'll reset everything from the weekend. We'll get everybody ready to go for the week ahead and kind of settle back in. Holidays are over now. You guys are all keeping safe out there. It seems like every single person has or had recently had COVID, but whatever. Uh, Toronto beat the Knicks. We'll start with the early one on Sunday, work our way through the card. Raptors 120, Knicks 105. Knicks have a number of players uh, missing from this basketball game, like all of them. (laughs) Obi Toppin got the start at power forward. He's a great stream. While Julius Randle is out, or... Certainly so it would seem at this point. Knicks are, are cut down to their prime by quite a bit. Uh, Evan Fournier, you, you keep... I'm not buying it anymore, and I said it last week. I'm, I'm, on, I'm done with this one. It, it, he was fine here. He had 20 points, but he did nothing else at all. Uh, Taj Gibson starting at center with both centers ahead of him out. He's a, a lightly viable stream. Generally in 30 minutes, he'll actually do enough fantasy-wise to be statistically relevant. He just didn't happen to be here. Um, and then you'd figure Emmanuel quickly would be able to do enough with Kemba Walker out for this ball game, and then that didn't really materialize either. Uh, but certainly, you got to give Toppin a look, and and I realize that this is kind of late to get into that because they played a couple days earlier, 
And uh, Toppin got 27 minutes in that one, and people might have caught on, but he didn't do all that much in his 27 minutes a couple days earlier. And the fact that he did get the big numbers in this ball game, that's going to make him a very popular pickup. You're going to want to go and get him. Probably just don't even hesitate. Pause the show, go get it, and enjoy the week-long stream, we assume. On the Raptors' side, they're starting to get right again. Uh, OG Ananobi came back late last week. He's settling back in. Siakam's there. He's been back for a bit. Gary Trent trying to find his rhythm. He fouled out of this game in 20 minutes, so I wouldn't worry too much in that one. I think the, the big note here is that Chris Boucher still got 21 minutes. That's fantasy enough for him. It's a new term we're going to work on here. Fantasy enough. And it happened despite Precious Achua being able to play. Kem Birch also there. Those two guys saw 18 and 19 minutes respectively. So Boucher, who didn't start, in fact, none of, none of those three guys did. Pascal Siakam was effectively the starting center. Boucher got the lion's share of the minutes for big men off the bench. So maybe, just maybe, we said it was like a 5% chance that he hangs on. It's not going to be the 30, 35 minute a game type stuff. But again, 20 to 21 minutes. If he can get to that point, we've talked about it before, 24 minutes is actually enough for him to be a big time fantasy player. And 21 is easily enough for top 100. Now, you're not going to be able to go and pick him up, just sort of referencing back this that streamer with benefits thing we've talked about on this show many, many times in the past. Cleveland's still down a few players, but starting to get back. Uh, Darius Garland is the big name who's not there on the floor. Kevin Love has been unbelievable lately. He's played himself into an all-categories, all-format kind of guy. Jared Allen's back. Larry Markkinen's been fine for a while. Evan Mobley's back. So things are in pretty good shape outside of Garland. They were able to squeeze by in this one because Indiana was down. Well, I mean, I don't know. Say why they could squeeze by. Indiana just not a particularly good ball club. But uh, Karis LeVert, Malcolm Brogdon's uh, out for the Pacers. Justin Holiday's been a guy who's stepped up a little bit. Still not big in the steals department, and that continues to be kind of a weird phenomenon this season. But he's certainly doing enough right now. Uh, Chris Duarte out as well. And then you've got these other players, Kiefer Sykes, Dwayne Washington, that have been doing sort of barely enough. Um, I don't think I'm taking the plunge on those dudes. You could if you're feeling saucy. I think I'd rather stick with Sabonis, who's going to be crazy monstrous. Miles Turner will be solid. Justin Holiday will do enough here in the near term. Boston beat Orlando in overtime. Jalen Brown put up a 50 spot with no Jason Tatum. Marcus Smart, he came back after that hand laceration late last week, and he's been good uh, last couple of ballgames. Dennis Schroeder is back, which means that Josh Richardson, who was getting plenty of playing time, is not going to get the shots you'd need, even in a, a head-to-head level stream there, I, I believe. At least that's how I feel about the whole thing. Uh, no Time Lord for this one. So Horford slide backs up to the center spot. He ended up with five blocks again. I, crazy stuff. Schroeder's been good when either or really any of Smart, Brown, or Tatum is out. And when all three of those guys are in, Schroeder's been awful. I mean, it is like off a cliff. Mo Bamba finally got back for Orlando. You could see he didn't have his wind in this ballgame. 6.7 boards, but he's going to ramp himself up, and there might even be a little bit of a buy low here if someone's like, oh, no, he's not going to get to play. But then they forget that he hasn't played in, like, three weeks and not a guy they're about to push too hard. Gary Harris continues to be a solid stream here with no Cole Anthony. Uh, It's possible that Harris might just hold on to value all season, the way things are playing out right now. And then T. Ross, he had one of his... uh, hot oven type of ball games. There was a stretch a few weeks back we talked about. You just ride it until things 
kind of sour for him, and maybe there's another one coming. No, you're not abandoning ship on Franz Wagner. He's he's special to them, so they'll keep throwing him out there, and and uh, he'll be fine here. We're we're really talking more about short term stuff, and then Bamba is more of the long term thing. And it's possible again that Gary Harris becomes like a long term back end kind of guy. Uh, but when anyone really is out, a usage guy is out. That's when he thrusts himself into actual fantasy value. Sacramento, this is a pretty good win for them. Darren Fox hit uh, effectively a game winner, although there was some time left. Jimmy Butler missed kind of a layup, really. I know it was a weird one or sort of a, a goofy look at it, but it's a shot he makes a lot of the time. Omer Yurtsevin continues to be a very solid stream with no other centers on the roster anymore. Tyler Hero, good enough to go. Uh, Kyle Lowry is back, so you don't have to worry about anything else at that spot. Caleb Martin has played his way into a, a starting gig here. I, I just... With the amount of stuff going on in front of him, I don't know that this is... I'm not quite sold. Let's just say I'm not quite sold. I think if you wanted to take the plunge, you get that low-end value. He's not going to be a high-usage guy. He's not going to be a big-time passer. So you really do need the steals, the blocks, the threes. It needs to be that across-the-board stuff, or the line could fall off pretty quickly. Yurtsevin's the one that... That I mean, that's just the, the easiest one ever. On the Sacramento side, now that everybody's back for the Kings, we're kind of feeling things out. Not everybody, sorry. Rashawn Holmes is in protocols now. Damian Jones is a really nice short-term stream. It seems like he's just blitzed past everyone else in that center spot. So you could use him for maybe two or three ball games. Uh, Buddy Heald is, to me, a question mark. I know he had seven threes in this ball game. So that's kind of the reason to talk about it is that he had a good game, and still I am unsold on him. He's good enough to start right now when he's warm, when he's playing well, when he's doing the little things right. And the Kings have played a little bit better, to their credit, under Alvin Gentry, which I don't think anybody was too blown away about that because Luke Walden was maybe the worst coach in the, in the NBA, but if not the worst, then it's he was down there. So feel free to stream Damian Jones, by the way, is the, the answer to that, the question of this ball game. Centers on both sides, terrific streams. Phoenix knocked the crap out of Charlotte. This game was over early. Chris Paul had 16 assists in 26 minutes of basketball. My goodness. It's blowout stuff, so I wouldn't read too much into whatever's going on on that Charlotte side. Uh, still no P.J. Washington. Other than that, kind of just throw this one in the waste paper basket of history. And continue. Dallas beat Oklahoma City 95-86. Luka Doncic is back. 14 points, 9 boards, 10 assists, 7 turnovers. So he pushed his way near to a quadruple-double. No dice. Um, this could be the beginning of the end for Jalen Brunson, who did continue to start in this game. But when Luka's around, he just doesn't get the opportunity that he has when he's out. Am I saying you have to immediately go out and drop? No, not necessarily. But he does immediately thrust himself back to sort of the tip of the chopping block. And it's funny because you look at 12 points, 7 assists, a steal. It feels like it's there's something there. But we've seen this story now often enough to know that when Luka's there, Brunson's role isn't big enough. With Oklahoma City, uh, without Shea, Josh Giddy triple-doubled in just a whopper of a ball game. That was pretty impressive. And he's a startable guy with Alexander out. Uh, but then everything else is is still clunky. You know, Alexei Pokashevsky got a start in this one. He's going to be a really interesting fantasy player at some point in the near future. I've said it. I even said it in the offseason. I didn't see how big he was getting 
But he was so uh, waif-like last year, just like a spirit almost on the floor. What was he? He was listed at 7 feet, like 210. There was no chance. He was like 7 feet 110. So even if you put on 40 pounds of mass, it wasn't going to be enough. He was like the definition of a couple years away from being fantasy ready. But you can see the outlines of it. You can see the skeleton of the fantasy ability of Pokashevsky, and it's why fantasy analysts are so excited about him. But we do have a tendency to get excited a little bit too early, such as the analysts cross to bear. Minnesota, without two key guys, went into Los Angeles and gave them a pretty damn good fight, too. Wolves out-rebounded the Lakers by almost 30 again. I mean, the, the, the Wolves' prowess on the glass is absolutely remarkable. And, of course, the Lakers have gone small lately, which uh, sort of exacerbates that situation. Patrick Beverly, all systems go. You guys know how much I love Pat Bev. Here in the near term, uh, Jaden McDaniels has now been been pushed off to the fringe by the by Nas Reed having his full health back and Jared Vanderbilt being back in the mix. So you could probably move on from McDaniels. And I think the only reason I bring that up is because the last time we talked about the Wolves, a bunch of these guys weren't really back to full strength yet. Malik Beasley is someone we are very close. I think you could probably move on from him. There's still enough usage there. But really, as soon as either Cat or D'Lo comes back, Beasley falls way off the map. Your safe play with Minnesota is Beverly Vanderbilt, and Anthony Edwards. Your slight dice roll on Minnesota is Nas Reed until Cat comes back. We love Nas. The only problem is that what if like what if something shifts and they can't go to him for an extended stretch? You could get, you know, one of those like four minute type things. Or Cat just pops up. So again, this sort of veers into that this is the kind of move you use. If you're in a Roto League and you can just make moves willy-nilly, you can't make that kind of move in a head-to-head league now at this point. It's too late. Cat's too close to a return, one would assume. On the Lakers' side, nothing changes for me on this team. Uh, Malik Monk is in a brilliant role, a perfect spot for him right now. He didn't rebound or pass very much in that ballgame, but a couple of defensive stats, actually more than a couple, a bunch of threes, shot a good percentage. He fits so nicely with the way they've built their starting unit right now. I do think Mello continued to have... I mean, the thing I was talking about with Mello was that I thought he'd have value until Trevor Reza came back. He's been able to extend it a little bit beyond that with superior shooting. He's been warm. As soon as Mello cools off in any way, Ariza jumps over him. So if you want to roll the dice on Mello, that's fine. You can keep doing it. He's been close enough lately. Uh, I mean, he's been over the line lately uh, with Ariza out. And I, I think he'll, I mean, he can hang on a little bit here, but anything can happen and it could sort of drop off at a moment's notice. Generally, you're probably going LeBron, Malik Monk, and then if you were a maniac and drafted Russell Westbrook, you probably have to play him. I just don't know how you ended up with that dude. Uh, quick shout out here to expressvpn.com. Coming back at you with a brand new reason to check out expressvpn.com forward slash hoopball is the special URL that they've given us. They've been so kind as to bestow upon us here. If you go there, you get 15 months for the price of 12 on your VPN membership. Oh yes, a bonus three months on your membership. expressvpn.com forward slash hoopball. Here's the thing. Have you ever browsed in incognito mode? It's not really real. 
Like, this used to be a thing. You could go incognito, and then it felt like you were dodging stuff. But Chrome, your browser, still knows what you're doing. There's even a $5 billion class action lawsuit against Google where it's accused of secretly collecting user data. Google's defense, incognito doesn't mean invisible. Just means like barely visible. So how do you actually make yourself invisible to Google, to your ISP? You use ExpressVPN like me. Data harvesters get your IP address. They can figure out your who you are, your location. I mean, it's, it's a mess. So knock them out. It's so easy to use. You get a random IP address by turning on ExpressVPN, shared by many other ExpressVPN customers. So it's impossible for third parties to identify you because you're part of this grouping. And so easy. You just turn on ExpressVPN program on whatever it is, your phone, laptop, TV, Tap one button, turns it on. ExpressVPN.com slash HoopBall. Get an extra three months free on your 12-month membership. 15 for the price of 12. Again, that's ExpressVPN.com slash HoopBall. We turn the clock back to Saturday on our reverse chronological lightning round. New Year's Day. New Orleans went into Milwaukee and got spanked. They're missing a few players, though. You may have noticed this. Uh, Herb Jones stepping up nicely with a bunch of guys out. Josh Hart actually could have had a really nice ball game if not for a ugh, vomitous three for nine at the free throw line. Good to have him around. I mean, he's, he's a start regardless of, you know, one game where he couldn't throw a free throw into the ocean. The question, I guess, with, with a team like this is, do you mess around with other stuff while JV is out, while Brandon Ingram is out? I think the answer is probably Devontae Graham is safe here in this very short-term thing. Herb Jones, probably safe until Brandon Ingram comes back. But as guys return, it blows up in those other dudes' faces pretty darn quick. Milwaukee's boring at this point. Although, uh, Chris Middleton did miss this ballgame. So that gave Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton a chance to sort of get into the mix and get a few shots up. I'm not screwing around with that. That was a personal absence, and so that disappears real quick. DeMar DeRozan, back-to-back game winner as Chicago beats Washington 120-119. Kobe White, another good fill-in game at point guard. Lonzo should be back soon, so I don't think you want to bother taking the plunge there. And I'll admit, I said I was afraid. I didn't think he was going to get it done in category leagues. I figured he'd be a points league option, viable fill-in here in the very short term, more head-to-head type guy than Roto. And he's been good enough for both. So right in my face. Fair enough. That's fine, though. I mean, what are you missing on? One week of a Kobe White stream? Not the end of the world. Bradley Beal finally looks focused lately. And we all kind of knew this was coming. You know, how many Bradley Beal buy low segments have we had on this podcast? He's moving up the board. And he's doing it not particularly quietly either. He's up to number 72 now from the 90s. He's climbing and he's climbing quick here. A 17 assist performance. Still not hitting many three-pointers. But you can't complain much. Kuzma's on a little bit of a heater right now. Daniel Gafford's still usable. And the Wizards are, I would argue, kind of opening things up just a little bit. The throttle kind of kicking up a tad. A tad. But I'm not making any moves with this team, I guess. Is, I don't know why we're spending so much time on it. Detroit beat San Antonio. Whoops. Spurs kind of got caught with their pants down here. Devin Vassell, 19-4-4, three steals, five three-pointers. He's a guy that's been on and off of waiver wires because he's been on and off of the uh, Greg Popovich trust list. 
Does this mean he's in for good? I doubt it. Things go all over the map, but he's definitely a guy that needs to be rostered in fantasy because you can see the potential here is nuts. He played 41 minutes in this overtime game. So, like, he was trusted here. Strange though it may be, you just never really know when Pop's going to be like, okay, let's go. This why, that's why he's a guy of a sell we're talking about now, someone that just needed to be rostered for when he turned it up from the 120 spot to all of that infinite upside. Meanwhile, for Detroit, Hamadou Diallo continues to basically be the only man still standing on that team. That's not true. Sadiq Bey has been able to uh, survive the onslaught of COVID and other stuff going on with the Pistons. Uh, Diallo, 34-14, seven defensive stats. Said it early last week, if you can withstand some uh, likely percentage knocks, there's just so much usage right now that you he kind of wipes it out in the short term. As guys start to come back, though, like Cade Cunningham's return, which can't be far, Diallo's going to fall like a boulder in the ocean. Luca Garza also kind of kicking along here until Isaiah Stewart returns. And heaven help us if Kelly Olynyk finally shows up. That That's going to be a really interesting thing. What do you do right now on this Monday? I don't know, because we don't know that Isaiah Stewart's ready to go. If he plays, you can't trot Garza out there anymore. I mean, I guess you could. He'll probably still get like 20 minutes. If Trey Lyles comes back, I don't know that you could trot Garza out there either. Sadiq Bey's the safe one at this point, because he'll, his usage will stay high even after one or two guys comes back. Then he runs into trouble as the team gets fully healthy. Uh, and then Diallo, as we talked about already, he's one where things could sour pretty quickly. Clippers went into Brooklyn, got a big win. Eric Bledsoe after uh, disappearing for a ball game, came roaring back in this one. I'll admit, I don't know what the hell to make of that. I really don't. Um, Marcus Morris got the night off. Reggie Jackson is going to be a really nice play while Paul George is out. Terrence Mann, I don't really trust on a game-to-game basis. Ivica Zubats is out. So Serge Ibaka got the start at center, and this is just screaming, where the hell is Isaiah Hardenstein? That ankle twist. I mean, the door is wide open right now should he somehow magically reemerge here in the next day or two. And then with Bledsoe is the one that I really don't, I'll admit, I just sort of don't know what to do with him because I was streaming him hard while Reggie Jackson and Paul George were out. And I figured when Reggie came back, Bledsoe would hit a speed bump and he had a massive speed bump and then came roaring back here with a huge ball game. Maybe he's turned a corner. I, I kind of shrugged my shoulders and say, well, he didn't, you know, we haven't seen it until everybody was out. The consistency factor. Could this be the moment? I don't know. I think it's also possible some of this extra bounce was, you know, having a good shooting night. That helped. And then Morris being out, so extra usage floating around. We'll see. Um, I was out of town briefly over New Year's, so I didn't actually log in and drop Bledsoe everywhere as I had planned to do. So now I can kind of give him one extra game and see what the hell's actually going on out there. Interesting uh, little footnote on the Brooklyn side. Nicholas Claxton, he didn't start this ball game, but he did their previous one at power forward in an Aldridge-Claxton uh, double big lineup. Aldridge hurt his foot, so that would give Claxton an opportunity to jump back into the starting line, at which point he'd be a very easy start. You did see the men minutes trend down in their Saturday game for Nick. He played uh, just 23 minutes here, but... He was someone that I sort of jumped the gun on dropping as the team got healthy, and it looks like they might be trying to shoehorn him into a bigger role after seeing how aggressive and how, how good he looked 
when everybody was out. So it's possible that Claxton might actually be getting a little bit of a bump just by getting that sort of display. Hey, everybody got to see me and made them big plays. Remember he had that crazy dunk, like push dunk, throw dunk over LeBron. We do kind of need him up around 26-ish minutes because there are some things, there's some issues that need to be filled in, but he's close. He's one of those guys, and I sort of pause here to talk about him for a minute. He's one of those guys where as people start to come out of protocols now and teams go back to looking the way they used to, he might be a dude you grab here because he does, and, and it's possible he's already rostered in your league from when he was on that heater with everybody out. Maybe didn't, nobody bothered to drop him when it looked like he was going to lose his, his starting job. If he's floating on your waiver wire, you grab him and you're like, all right, you know what? This guy's like hanging around the edge of the top 100 here in this kind of backup big man role. First big man off the bench, kind of the only big man off the bench at times for Brooklyn. And then if anything shifts in his favor, you know, we're seeing LaMarcus Aldridge dealing with a sore foot, whatever. How many minutes would Claxton have played in this game if Aldridge didn't have an injury? So there's all those stuff. There's all those complicating factors. But at the same time, as guys do come back from COVID, we're going to start to look for those rest of season options more than we've been looking for the the one week mega burst guys here lately. Facundo Campazzo, mega performance. No Monte Morris, that certainly contributed to it. Will Barton's been better lately, uh, so he and Jokic have been the guys, and then Campazzo with no Morris is a very easy stream to throw in there. Gotta love a starting point guard playing alongside Nikola Jokic. Of course, when Morris comes back, those guys go back to kind of splitting things a little bit, but uh, certainly here in the very near term, you fire him up and you roll with it. I mentioned last week I thought Jalen Green might finally start to cut it loose a tad, take the, kind of take the, the, the limiters off of him. And he's starting to fire. He's starting to chuck a little bit, which is good and bad. Fantasy purposes, a chucker, if he's going to miss a bunch of shots, which kind of didn't really happen in this ballgame, that could hurt you. He doesn't do much besides score, which you also saw in this ballgame. One board, one assist. That was it outside of scoring stuff. But he can shoot the free throw. He's going to take a ton of three-pointers. And... Uh, it Right now, it looks like the team's about to become his because Kevin Porter Jr. went home at halftime of this game after getting in a fight with his assistant coach. I think it was the assistant coach. Or was it was the head coach. I don't know. I, I didn't read the full AP recap to see exactly what it was. I think it might have been the head coach. Uh, and Christian Wood got benched for the second half also. So there's infighting on this terrible Rockets team, and the guy who wins there is Jalen Green. The other possible winner, as you saw it here, was K.J. Martin. Kenny Martin Jr. had a really nice ball game. If he suddenly steps into a starting role in 30-plus minutes a game, he becomes a must-own guy. He's not there yet. Jalen Green, to me, is the guy you pick up. And Jalen Green is like your prototypical rookie season. Started real slow, made some shots, missed a ton of shots in games in between, and everybody kind of half gave up on him. Just in time for him to go, okay, like now I get to do stuff. No one can stand in my way. This is my team. I'm the early draft pick. Y'all are building around me. I'm going to go fire away. So he probably got dumped just in time for all of us to pick him up. Because now, maybe he turns it on right now. I don't know. He's been pretty good lately here since coming back from injury. Or 
maybe he gets good over the next four, five, six weeks, but it's very different. Again, we've had this discussion about Alperin Sengun and other young guys. How early is too early for a stash? Opening day, the draft time, too early. Right now, probably not too early. But we're not going to go into a long thing on that today. This is, this is reverse chronological lightning round, which means the lightning must continue. Golden State beat Utah on the road. Big game out of Otto Porter Jr., who had kind of re-vanished uh, with everybody coming back, notably Andrew Wiggins uh, and Jordan Poole. But Poole hasn't quite been himself. Wiggins has looked decent, at least. Missed a bunch of free throws in this ballgame, but he seems fine enough. Gary Payton sticking in that shooting guard spot, at least for the short term. And then with no Draymond, uh, we talked about how Kevon Looney had the, the potential to be an interesting short-term stream. He was fine in this ballgame, fouled out in 31 minutes, but did have seven boards, six assists, and a steal. And then certainly Porter is the big surprise that he kept it going. 20 points, seven boards, eight assists, three steals, two three-pointers. The thing about Otto is we've always known if he's going to get 30 minutes, he's going to be a juicy fantasy player. But there's no guarantee right now that he sticks at that level. With all these guys coming back, how much of a guarantee do we have that he's going to go out there and get 13, 14 shots? I know they really like his game. We do too. I mean, as I just mentioned, fantasy-wise, he has a terrific upside. I just don't know that he's anything better than like a 50-50 proposition right now. Draymond Green presumably will be back relatively soon for the Warriors, so you might be looking at like one more game, two more, where he's not around. How does that impact things? Anyway, uh, Donovan Mitchell came back for Utah over the weekend. That I know that feels like that happened a long time ago, but we haven't done a show since it happened. So he's fine, and that pushes everybody back down the board, and Utah goes back to being uh, a relatively uninteresting fantasy team. The usual. Hey, uh, shout out to our boys at ThriveFantasy.com, the Thrive Fantasy app available on... The at the iTunes app store and Android devices as well. You can prop up with our buddies over there. And I, I, I know we've done these these reads now, and I really hope that you guys have given them a chance. Uh, and I've been kind of connecting the Thrive Fantasy ads on this show to the MyBookie ads because MyBookie, between uh, December 21st and two days ago, had all these wild promos running. I think two or three of them I skipped because the odds boost weren't quite big enough. But most of them I got involved in. And we won something like 40, 50, 60 bucks over those few days. Could have been better with a little bit of luck in the slot machines. I know some folks that won 30, 40, 50 extra dollars on the, the slot games alone. But here's the thing. That was free money. So take that free money that we've been winning together over at MyBookie and... Drop just 10 bucks. That's all I'm telling you to do. I'm asking, I'm telling, whatever you want it to be. Take $10 of those free MyBookie bucks or do whatever your withdrawal process is. I don't want to mess with your process over on your at your sports betting website of choice and move that over to thrivefantasy.com using promo code ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S. You get a 100% deposit match bonus, which again, only kicks in with our promo code, and two extra contest entries into their $20 tournaments. 
So you take a $10 deposit, which we've all won that a million times over. Not a million, that's a bit of an exaggeration, at my bookie. But I do think over the course of this calendar year, we probably made five, six, seven hundred dollars in just odds boosts and locks and promos at my bookie. So take ten dollars of that, go over to thrivefantasy.com, drop it in there, get your extra ten dollars, get your extra two twenty dollar entry tokens. You end up with sixty dollars of playing credits at Thrive Fantasy, taking that ten dollar deposit, and play with it. And if you win. You can keep playing. You could cash it out, whatever it might be. I feel pretty confident that if you follow our DFS team here at Sports Ethos, Mike Santino and company, that you'll win something with those 60 bucks you now have to play with. Take your 60 bucks, take those free entry tokens, whatever credits you got floating around, and maybe turn your $10 deposit into 20 or 30 or 50 or more. And if you want to cash that out, you can do that too. It all makes perfect sense in my head, at least. ThriveFantasy.com, promo code ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S, or just use the links we've been tweeting out from my Twitter account and from the Sports Ethos Twitter accounts as well. Quickly, back to Friday, because, again, Friday, where our show was focused on uh, five key players and not uh, box scores from Thursday or getting ready for the weekend. So there were a handful of teams that that didn't go uh, Saturday or Sunday, I do believe. Uh, Phoenix, Boston, we've talked about those two teams already. Um, Time Lord, hopefully, will be back relatively soon. He's got a toe thing going on. Uh, Phoenix there, somewhat uninteresting to uh, to some degree. DeAndre Ayton and JaVale McGee both out, so Jalen Smith is kind of, is it like a player of note on that team? Uh, but Ayton is questionable. So he's, I believe he's cleared protocols now. I believe he's questionable because he's he's working on his reconditioning. You'll apologize. You'll you'll excuse my apologies if I don't know exactly what every player is doing at this exact moment after uh, being out of town for one day myself. And and Aiden, I think, has cleared them. Regardless of whether he's out or he's about to get out, he's really close to coming back. Uh, Jay Crowder, same situation. So Cam Johnson, his time probably starting to run a little bit low on the stream fest that was Phoenix for uh, a week there or so as well. We already talked Chicago. We already talked Indiana. Uh, Dallas, Sacramento, those two teams played each other two times in a row. Miami, Houston, we've talked about already. Who didn't we cover here? There must be someone left. Atlanta? I think Atlanta went over the weekend, did they? Mm, no, I don't believe they did. Uh, Cam Reddish left that game on Friday with a uh, some ankle soreness, but it sounds like he's likely to play. And, of course, things are really goofy for the Hawks right now because they were in the throes of maybe the biggest COVID outbreak in the NBA. And in the short term, Trey Young had to do a, an extra bunch. Uh, Clint Capella had to play extra. You had guys like Skylar Mays who had to ramp up their involvement. Sweet Lou had to do a little bit more. Cam Reddish was the guy who really took that big leap forward with everybody out. But it sounds like Gallinari, Kevin Herter, Okongwu, DeLon Wright, these guys are all extremely close to coming back and then John Collins he's not far away and so the whole thing gets upended where you know what we saw from Atlanta before this massive COVID outbreak on their team was that Reddish was not a nine category guy he, he was uh, a points league option perhaps as sort of a bench gunner role 
But it was only when he slotted himself into the starting lineup and was getting 15, 16, 17 shots a game that he actually moved up and over that cut line. So I expect Cam Reddish to probably fall off here, maybe not in their next ball game, but certainly later on this week as bodies do start to come back. And then the other dudes, I didn't really pick anybody else up. You're just sort of enjoying the extra that you got out of Trey and Capella in this short term. Nobody else hit the radar. I do wonder if Herter gets back early enough, sort of ahead of Bogdan early enough, to have one or two games where he's interesting, but I don't know that I'm going to like sit on that and wait for it to click. I don't think we talked about Memphis. John Morant's been playing really well of late. He's moved himself back up the board. Uh, they've got a number of guys out as well. Dylan Brooks, DeAnthony Melton, John Conchar are, I would argue, the, the most significant ones in protocols. Slow-mo went into protocols. I don't think we've actually seen a Memphis game since that started. But it does clear things out here if Melton somehow gets back before any of those other guys, or even, frankly, if he and Dylan Brooks come back at about the same time, that means there should be a couple extra minutes floating around. Short-term, you don't care, really. You don't care. You expect JJJ to continue to do his stuff. Jaw's going to do his stuff. And then everybody else was just splitting minutes down the middle, pretty much. Sorry, Desmond Bain, obviously, up and above. Well above. He's had a great season so far. But, like, in their, in their win over San Antonio, you saw Killian Tilly, Tyus Jones, Brandon Clark all play enough to have some fantasy value, but no one where you're like, oh, this is a guaranteed lock fantasy performance type of game. Nah. Nah. And I eh, might have been it. Portland. Yeah, I don't think Portland played over the weekend. Um, they got blown out by the Lakers back on Friday. So you could kind of throw that thing out. CJ McCollum, we still don't know exactly when he's coming back. Sounds like he's very slowly ramping things up. Covington, Anthony Simons, those guys off of protocol. So they'll be coming back here relatively soon. Dame is getting a rest game. So that'll open things up, presumably for Anthony Simons. Norman Powell's going to get to do extra there. Larry Nance has been playing better of late. He's top 70 over the last two weeks. So he's a go. No, you don't trust Ben McLemore. Portland's uh, a disheveled mess of a basketball team. That's where you're at with this point. Uh, I might give Rocco a game to settle back in. I don't know if I'd give Simons a game to settle back in. If he plays and Dame is resting, you almost kind of have to think about it. But there, that's a, that's a screwball or organization right now that... You can kind of see the writing on the wall, or we all can. I don't know what they they see it inside the locker room. In any event, uh, Dame, obviously, he's a go whenever he's playing. Powell, he's a go whenever he's playing. Nance is a go right now. And that's kind of it in terms of who was actually available for that game on Friday. And then Rocco, Nurk, CJ, when those guys get back, you'll drop them into a lineup as well. And that is your reverse chronological lightning round. We've resettled ourselves for the coming week. Try to get a little bit of normalcy. By the way, we just got word that uh, Jonas Valanciunas is likely to return for the Pelicans game tonight. So that's good news. And uh, a little bit earlier this morning, and I couldn't decide if I really wanted to make a big stink about it because it's not happening for a couple of days, but it sounds like Kyrie Irving is going to make his debut this season on Wednesday. I would imagine he plays about 20 minutes, but we shall see, and we'll probably get more information on that as it shakes out. Lakers made a small trade this morning with the Knicks and the Cavs that will not have any fantasy impact on anything. So that we can also probably just sort of skip past 
and take it to social. That's what I like to do now. I want to do the 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 less important stuff. Maybe we take that over to Twitter. Get on the get the big things here on the pod. Hope everybody had a fantastic and safe new year. We're back in the grind. I'm Dan Vasperis. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. I will see you guys on Twitter at Dan Vasperis, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Thank you for checking out Thrive Fantasy. Thank you for checking out uh, ExpressVPN. And, of course, a shout-out to our buddies at MyBookie and Manscaped.com, our continued partners for almost two full seasons now. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll talk at you guys next tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. It's the week again. I can figure this out. Later.